This is episode 130, The Power of Fasting. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. Every week, my goal is to inspire you to take action towards what you love, live a transformed life, and enjoy the journey there. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy Friday or whatever day this happens to find you. I hope you're having an amazing day because you should be. At the end of the day, you live in one of the wealthiest countries in the world, at least if you live in the United States. But if you're listening to this across the globe somewhere else, I'm sure that wherever you are, in general, it is a great place to be. You know, I was often talking about in the last couple of weeks about just appreciation and gratitude. I've got this book coming out called The Gratitude Map. And it's really been in my life, obviously, because I've been writing about it, talking about it. I'm in the Daily Gratitude Practice Facebook group all the time. And so I've really honed my awareness to to just things that I wasn't paying attention to before. You know, we had that episode on making a reverse gratitude list, which was basically making a list of the things that you don't have that you're grateful for. Like, I'm glad that I don't have to walk to get water or to wash my clothes every day, you know, those kinds of things. So ultimately, really embrace where you're at. Regardless if you're having a crummy day today, I hope that that's going to resolve itself, whatever it is. But take this as a great reminder to look at the things you do have and also make a list of the things you're glad you don't have. You know, and today, today's topic, we're talking about the power of fasting. And in my life, fasting has really made, I'm going to give you some stories that have been uh, really life-changing for me, but the power of fasting has really come into my life. And I want to share that with you because I think if employed in the right way, it can make a, a phenomenal difference. And for me, I'm just getting started, I feel, in this area. And the book I'm writing uh, or that I wrote, it's it's out, The Gratitude Map. Uh, you can check it out. I mean, I'm not going to launch it until September 1st. You've heard me mention this, kind of talking about it here and there. If you want to check it out, um, you can go to the website. I have a, actually, you can get three free audio lessons and a free PDF workbook. Just literally, if you enter your email there, you can get all that stuff. And then it'll also tell you about the book. And the book is free. Uh, it's a free, you just pay for shipping. And there's other stuff you can have with it. But anyway, the, in the book, I write about daily habits of gratitude. That's one of the things that's in there. There's a ton of stuff in there about obstacles to gratitude, how to have effective relationships. But one of the habits, the last habit, the 12th habit, I have 12 in there, is fasting. You know, and I didn't get a chance to really, the book itself, there's a lot of stuff crammed into it. I literally wanted to make the most comprehensive gratitude book I possibly could. And because of that, it turned out to be pretty big. I mean, I think it's like total about 290, 300 pages long, which it sounds intimidating, but honestly, it's a super easy read. I've got illustrations in there. There's a lot of stories. It's really fun. I'm very proud of it. But the point is, you know, with trying to pack all those things, I've got eight obstacles I talk about of gratitude. I've got 12, you know, effective habits to do and strategies on how to implement them. I've got, you know, strategies for building relationships with gratitude, all that kind of stuff. So it's hard to fit everything and still make it a relatively trim book. So fasting, because it's been such a big part in my life, uh, especially lately, I felt like, okay, you know, the book was good, but I, I still want to do more justice on this, you know? So I, I thought I'd record an episode because I've had some really powerful experiences, but, you know, fasting, 
I'll give you guys a quote that I found with this, you know, and, and it'll set the, some mood for, for what we want to talk in this episode. And this was from Herman Hesse, who wrote the uh, Siddhartha about the Buddha. So it goes something like this. Everyone can perform magic. Everyone can reach his goals if he is able to think, if he is able to wait, if he is able to fast. Now you can substitute he with she, obviously. Uh, this was written a little while ago, but the point is that fasting has power to it. And it's an interesting idea because we, in the consumption-based lifestyle we live today, uh, which is also very progress-oriented and growth and achievement, we don't think of fasting, which is not doing anything, right? It's not something you do. It's something you don't do. You don't eat or you don't consume media or whatever you're fasting from. We don't think of that as something that can improve our productivity that can improve our achievements, our success, all these kinds of things. It's very counterintuitive. But I've learned, especially in the last year of really focusing on this book and gratitude and stuff, is to really focus or to see the value in things that are not obvious. You know, we look at things that are obvious, like, okay, I want to be successful, so I'm going to learn more strategies. I'm going to get more. And you see the Facebook ads, I see them all the time. All the internet gurus, they got their seven guides to getting three clients a day, and doing this, doing that. And sure, you know, some of those things are useful. They're strategies. They're things you have to do. So there's more pushing, more growth. It's the same kind of stuff. The point is that you can really benefit from employing something totally different that's not obvious. You know, fasting is not something that's like a strategy, right? I mean, in some sense, I guess it is in the sense like if you use intermittent fasting or you have a, a specific way that you're trying to do it, but fasting itself is really just restriction. It's what you don't do. And that can be very difficult in its own thing. You know, it's, especially for me, you know, I can relate. Like if I'm, if someone tells me, hey, you need to go earn $100,000 or you need to go bench press like 300 pounds in, in a year or something like that. Like, okay, yeah, let me knock this out. I, putting more is much easier for me, at least it has been, than doing less. And that sounds like silly, but you know, for some people it is. And for some people it's the other way around. For some people, they naturally do less in the sense that they're in tune with their energy in a sense like they don't, they don't overcommit. You know? So for them, let's say what's not natural is to put more, is to go and be super intense, is to be overexerting themselves. So it doesn't matter. Everybody's a certain way and it's about learning about your opposite. I talk about that a lot, which is the opposite instinct. What is the opposite to who you are naturally and what can you gain from understanding that? You know, and fasting, for me especially, uh, was the opposite. Like, it's, it's what I don't have to do. And that's, that's way harder for me. So, you know, with fasting, why it's important. Why it's important for your life. Because again, we live in a consumption-based lifestyle. And I'm not just talking about food. Food is a manifestation of that value. But we consume sex, politics, media, stimulants, information, like we're constantly consuming. That's what the economy is based on. And that's not, I'm not bashing on capitalism. If it wasn't for capitalism, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I wouldn't be able to, you know, sell a book, you know, have all these kind of things, courses, online courses. Like, I, you know, capitalism is great, but it's all about having both, you know, remember a balance between two things. And when something is too much in one direction, eventually, it's going to create a, an issue, 
right? So the problem was too much consumption, too much focus on growth and consumption and consuming and constantly moving through things is simply, you know, from our physiological point of view, we get desensitized. You know, in my book, one of the obstacles, I told you there's eight, one of them is called desensitization. Like literally, you get desensitized to life. You get habituated. That's a, that's a mental process that happens. And why that's important is, first off, gratitude is the key to life, to be fulfilled in life. We know that. Talked about that many times. Well, one of the parts to gratitude is your senses, your sensitivity, your sensuality. I'm not talking about sexuality here, but being sensual, like being in tune with your senses more than just what you see, because seeing is easy in a sense, right? You know, we don't have to do much with that, but like touching, smelling, taste. You know, how often do you actually taste your food or are you just gobbling it down so you can go back to your work? We get desensitized. And why is it important to have sensitivity? Ultimately, what that does is it makes you efficient with your information. With the inf- Everything is information. When you touch something, what you're actually experiencing is the electrical impulses of that going against your fingers, and then your brain is interpreting that in a particular way. Is it hot? Is it warm? Is there texture? You know, whatever. So it's information. Now, if you're very sensitive, like you take a sommelier, for example, and when they drink wine, they smell it, they have the ability to extract massive amount of pleasure, massive amount of pleasure, an entire experience that they literally could write a book from that one taste of wine, which is fascinating because for me, let's say, for example, I don't have that sensitivity training. You and I may not be wine sommeliers and you know, we'll drink wine and that's it. Like there's nothing to write home about. And that's sad in a sense, you know, it's sad because imagine if your whole life was like that, if you could extract that amount of pleasure from just doing very little, that's what being efficient is about. That's why being in tune with your senses is important because it improves the quality of your life. So you get a lot for very little. On the inverse of that, when you're desensitized, when you, when you constantly are putting stimulants in your body and more salt, more caffeine, more sugar, more this, more that, you need a lot to get very little. It doesn't go a long ways. And not only is that inefficient, but it takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your mind. And ultimately, it takes a toll on the planet. This is not sustainable. This level of inefficiency as a, as a human being, if you're inefficient, right? That's not sustainable because your body will eventually get disease. It'll get an injury, that kind of thing. You eat too much sugar and fried food all day, you're going to get a heart attack or you're going to get diabetes. That's just a natural, you know, consequence. It's, it kicks in as a, as a compensate, compensation to the imbalance of eating all that stuff. Well, everything works the same way. The planet, imagine the human beings are all cells, just like you have a ton of cells in your body. The planet is one organism. And what we're doing as far as our values and consumption is not sustainable. This is not about environmentalism. This is not about capitalism. It's, it's just about finding the balance, you know, between how can we keep growth and innovation and, and you know, pushing ourselves because that's part of life too, is to, to achieve. That's what 
you know, part of this podcast is I talk about creating a life you love. You know, it's about pursuing your passions and dreams. And you should do that, you know. But the other balance, to, to balance that out, you need also to employ in your process, in your life, uh, the other side of it, which is stillness, which is fasting, all these things that I talk about, so that you have a dynamic life. You have a, a, a comprehensive, well-balanced life. And I don't mean balanced like it's not going anywhere, because that's an important thing to maybe distinguish too. It's balance is not having the scales even, by the way. They're not moving if they're even. Balance means dynamic balance, means things are moving. So you've got, you have to be imbalanced to move. If I'm going to walk, I eventually fall off balance forward and I start moving. So that's not what that means when you say balance. Balance is about having things that are moving in your life. You know, you're progressing, you're achieving, that's a habit. Then you have another habit that you work in there, like five minutes of stillness every day, like intermittent fasting or, you know, not eating until 6 p.m. on one day of the week to kind of make you more grateful, whatever. You know, I'll give you some examples in this episode, but the point is that what that does is it rehabilitates your senses. And when fasting provides that space for appetite to begin again, then suddenly we appreciate things more. I can tell you when I, I'll tell you some stories in this episode with fasting, but it really makes you present to a lot of things, especially other people's problems, like world hunger. Like I know what it's like to be, you know, really hungry every day after doing some of these fasts. And it's, it's not fun. And when you actually experience that, you're like, man, I have a whole new appreciation for those kinds of things. Now imagine if everybody had that appreciation. Would we overindulge? Would we overconsume? And the market is what determines the economy. You know, it's not capitalism that's a problem. Capitalism is great. It is our values as a collective society because if we employed fasting, if we employed stillness, we wouldn't crave, I can guarantee you, we wouldn't crave 80% of the crap that's being put out there by fast food restaurants. And we wouldn't, the market wouldn't reward that. So then they would have to change and everybody would collectively evolve. You know, so that's what this is about. It's about the bigger picture starting with the little picture, which is your own individual life. You know, so fasting is really, really important. And one more thing too, is that you can think of fasting in a lot of different ways. There's a book I read a long time ago in college, but it kind of turned me on to this interesting idea called a financial fast. And it was written by a guy named Jeff Yeager, and it's called The Ultimate Cheapskate's Guide to True Riches. Really, really good book. At the time, you know, my, my motivation wasn't to do all this like personal growth stuff. At the time I was in college, I was literally looking to just save money. So I found this book on, oh, okay, you know, let me see how I can save more money. But he brought up an idea in there that I remembered forever, which was the idea that you can fast financially from something. So meaning like you take a week and you just don't spend any money on anything, no going out, no luxury purchases, no random, like if you're in the grocery aisle, I mean, you're not going to spend anything that week. So unless you absolutely need to spend money on a bill or anything like that, then you don't spend money. And that restriction, not being able to spend your own money, uh, really gets you present to the value, not only of the money that you have and the things that you do have, but it forces you to use the stuff that you have at home. Like for food, for example, if you have a ton of stuff in your pantry, how often do we just leave stuff there that we, you know, that we don't use? And 
we kind of just forget about it because we're in the habit of being wasteful of like, oh, you know, I'm just, I feel like going to the store, so I'm going to be impulsive and go to the store. Like, well, wait a minute. What about the discipline of using what you already have, which helps you appreciate it? You know, so that's what the financial fast does. So check that book out. It's actually really interesting. It's been around a long time now. So anyway, my own story with fasting goes something like this. You know, I, I'm sharing this about my life in the sense that uh, I, I'm hoping that you can resonate with this in some way. But the ultimate lesson is that fasting has power to trim your life up, to build fulfillment, appreciation, and, and to free you from some negative habits. Um, at least that's what I found in my own experience. You know, I, I've had some real weird digestive problems in the last two years. Let's put them that way. And long story short, you know, I've, I have a reason to believe, okay, that there's some history in my life or a lot of digestive concerns since I was little, you know, it's nothing serious. But the point is, is that I couldn't nail down what the heck, it, what, what's going on. I would get indigestion, I would get bloating, gas, like for literally everything that I ate. And I dealt with this for literally two years. I'm finally starting to put the pieces together and understand the digestive system on a much deeper level and to gain so much awareness and appreciation for things and, and little tweaks to my lifestyle that I never thought of, but yet they're, they're so important. And in this quest of rebuilding my health, rebuilding my digestive system. I found a book by a guy named Dr. Walter Longo called The Longevity Diet. And he talks about the power of fasting, which is basically, you know, he did a ton of research, very good book, highly recommend it. And he started with cancer patients and basically he had them do a water-only fast for three days and then do chemotherapy. And he noticed that the results were, were huge, that the fasting put the body under some sort of protective shell, let's put it this way, because the body goes into this mode, apparently. The body senses that there's scarcity of resources, and it's so there's a trigger to deal with that from evolution and to kind of save resources. So it gets into this conservation mode, you know, like safe mode for your computer. And the problem is the cancer cells, not a problem, but I mean, the good thing is that the cancer cells don't because they're irregular cells, they don't have that programming. So they keep growing and growing. So they don't have this little shield. And so when the chemo goes, now it's like having targeted chemo. And so he noticed the people who were fasting before the chemo had huge differently results. So this was very powerful, you know, so they kept doing research. And anyway, long story short, that they created this program called Prolon. Prolon is a, uh, it's a fasting mimicking diet. So it's basically a very reduced, cal- you buy it, I think it's like 250 bucks. For five days, it's a five-day, it's already pre-made meals. They're like little soups and powders. And I mean, it's very minimal. But, uh, but what it does is it triggers your body in this, in this fasting state, you know. And so it, what that does is it heals your digestive tract. It heals your digestive system and it helps to reboot your system. And if you're healthy, you know, he says about do it twice a year, uh, anywhere from, you know, once a month for really critical cases to you know, once every three months, once every six months. So really highly recommend it. But the first time I did it was brutal, man. And I've done some fasting. I mean, as a kid, we were very religious. And, you know, for Lent, we used to, I'm Eastern Orthodox, you know, and so we would kind of not eat dairy or meat, but we'd still eat, we would still eat. You know, I never like, I restricted things that I ate as a kid, 
but I never restricted calories. And this is very important because the difference is I may have restricted my eating in terms of like, okay, I'm not going to eat meat for 40 days. But if I'm hungry, I'm going to go snack on something. And this is very important because the hunger is what brings you to the present moment with fasting. Like literally there's a physiological sensation that says, hey, 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 like it's tapping you on the side of your temple constantly. And that forces you to have a conversation with yourself. And in the beginning, it's not pretty, you know, because it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Go eat. Why are you being stupid? You know, this, you know, you need to eat, you need to eat. Like it's, it's that constant chatter in your mind and it's negative self-talk. It's wanting to quit. Like it's a very powerful situation. And why I say that is because if you can withstand it, you can train yourself out of it. Uh, then you're building that mental fortitude to continue through other life's problems too. Because other life's problems are the same way, right? When the going gets rough, you know, the rough get going or the tough get going, right? So in the sense that when life gets hard, naturally those same thoughts, that same little chatter of, hey, this hurts, you should quit, maybe you should stop, it's not safe, maybe you should find something easier, that kind of stuff, it's the same thing. So fasting is a way to kind of trigger that and bring it out you know, that inner demon that's hiding there until suffering arises. And then you can talk to it, you know, and say, no, it's okay. I got this. Don't you worry about it. I know you're worried, but we're going to be good. We're going to be good. I'm so grateful that I'm alive and, and reframe it constantly. So, you know, I, I got into this prolon thing. I did it once and it was, it was brutal. You know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the first time was, was brutal. And, uh, you know, I mean, by the third day, I did it for five days, 600 calories a day, approximately. Yeah, you don't get much. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's tough, especially the first time you're not used to it. You don't know what to expect and you just cannot wait. Like by the fifth day, I was just like, oh my God, I cannot wait for this to be done. But you know, the last two days were actually easy. It was the third day that was the hardest. And I noticed these negative thoughts just literally welling to the surface about wanting to quit about all kinds of, I was just negative that day, pissed off. I literally felt like I was purging like negative emotions by letting the body just heal. And I'll tell you what though, the interesting thing is after I did the fast, I felt totally different. Like my, my digestion was, was better, you know, how I, you know, kind of processed everything was much better. And, and ultimately it made a big difference. And I did another fast a couple of weeks ago. It was a water only. Actually, I mean, it was kind of two days. One day I just ate almonds like literally three times a day and that was it. Then the next day after that, I did a water only fast for a full day. And that was, that was something else. I mean, too, I've got friends actually who fast water only for several days at a time. I'm like, man, you guys are pros. Like water only fast for a day was rough stuff. Now, again, make sure you're healthy. Like always do your research before fasting, work with a doctor. But um, I, I can tell you that that was even more profound. That water only fast was like, you know, with, with the prolon, when I had these little soups and powders and I would pour them out and eat them, it's like, man, that was like the best food in the world. I was so grateful to have that. And when I was on this water only fast, I'm like, man, even prolon would be like a king's ransom right now, you know? So it makes you so appreciative of so many things. And 
you know, I talked about luxury problems in, in the last couple episodes that I had. And if you remember, luxury problems are are these these problems that we have that we have the luxury of having them, right? So I have, I look, I look at fasting, for example, you know, like there's people that are dying of world hunger. Like they don't have a choice. They have to fast. And I'm sitting here like buying my deluxe, you know, designer fasting kit and I get to do that and blog about it. Like, come on, you know, what are you complaining about? You know, so I was very grateful. I'm like, man, I'm so grateful that I have the support. I'm safe. Like I can choose to do this as a lifestyle choice. You know, it's not something that's like forced upon me. Like how, what am I complaining about? So thank, you know, goodness that I can, I can do that. But I really noticed a change of awareness. And, and the fascinating thing to me was the water only fast. When I did it, when I finished it, it totally reboot my system. Because I'll tell you one thing, your circadian rhythm starts when you wake up in the morning and you eat. So your body goes, oh, bing, okay. You know, this is a cycle now. And I had been going to bed late. I mean, I'd been going to bed at like two in the morning. I noticed also that like I would have trouble sleeping and all this stuff. And what I started to realize was that I was eating too late. I was eating, I would get a little hungry at night. I'm like, oh, let me have a little snack before I go to bed. It's fine. You know, and it's not fine. You need space. Everything needs space. Like music. Think about music for a second. Everything is the same way. That's why I love metaphors. You know, you'll hear me use them often. When you hear music, what makes the music is not the sound. It is the space in between. So think about that one for a second. We don't think of the space in between because it's not obvious. But just like a tree, when you look at it, it's the roots underneath that support it, that, that draw in the nutrition that create what you see. The non-obvious creates the obvious. The space creates the timing. Different space creates whether it's slow or fast or clicky or long, whatever. So you need space to create music. In the same way, you need space. Everything needs space. Space is nothing, right? So in that sense, it's very non-obvious. But everything needs space. You know, a good relationship, people need space between each other so they can go refresh and reaffirm their individuality. If they're too much all the time with each other, you're going to get sick of each other. You get burned out. That's an imbalance. You know, so with your digestive system, which is the core of your life, I mean, it's, it's so important. The more I learn about digestion is like everything goes back to your gut. Everything goes back to your gut. You got to do the research. I mean, it's, it, everything's about digestion. You have good digestion, everything else will work out. And one of the things that I had a bad habit of, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is I would eat, I would eat late. You know, whether I'm going out, let's say I don't go out that often, but let's say I do like, oh yeah, let me hit up Filiberto's or some, you know, like a Mexican food place and just have a nice heavy meal before I go to bed. Like that is terrible. It is absolutely terrible for you. And eventually it caught up to me, you know, and I'm glad that the issues I had weren't super serious. I mean, they were frustrating uh, and they pushed me to change and to kind of explore, but you know, it catches up to you eventually. Because your body needs to rest. Your colon, you know, when it's getting food through it, like it's getting scratched up, it's, it's working, it's contracting, it's doing its thing. Like it needs time to heal. Especially if you're eating a lot of spicy food, a lot of crappy food, you know, like it needs time to heal, you know. So that time 
is about three to four hours before you go to bed and the time that you sleep, which is, you know, six, six to eight hours. So you need a good 12 hours, which is what? Half of your day. Well, guess what? Look at your clock. Half of the day you're active and eating and using it. Half of the day you're not. Yin and yang. One is absent. One is active and obvious. So you got balance in your life. You know, so the point is this whole intermittent fasting thing, one of the decisions I took on from reading that book and from doing these fasts, one of the rules I set in my life is I'm not going to eat, you know, like within a 12-hour window. That's what he says. You don't need to do it like within a six-hour window. Like he said, the research doesn't really support any huge benefits for that. But if you can eat your food within 12 hours, you know, a day, like let's say you wake up at eight, then eat no later than eight. And let's say you eat your breakfast at 8.30 in the morning. Don't eat later than 8 p.m. that day. And then if you go to bed like at 11, you know, 11.30, that's good. Don't have a snack or anything like at 10.30. Like, don't do that. You know, so you let your body develop appetite. And guess what? In the morning, you're going to be hungry again, and you get to break the fast. That's what breakfast stands for, breaking the fast. And you get to experience the joy of, of taste, of flavor. You know, I have soaked almonds every morning. I just soak them overnight and peel the skin off because it's healthier that way and they taste actually quite different. Soaked almonds, some manuka honey in the morning, uh, you know, and some maybe some water with a little apple cider vinegar. And it's like, it's absolutely delicious. You know, it sounds like a super boring breakfast maybe, but when you wake up hungry and your taste is ready to absorb a meal, like it's a totally different experience. So we create that through fasting. Now, fasting can be like this intermittent fasting or it can be a longer period of time. And to go back to the circadian rhythm thing, after I did my water-only fast, um, you know, I, I woke up at like 5.30 the next day because, I mean, it was rough, man. You know, I was like, you know, that's it. I'm eating. I don't care. I'm going to start my day at 5.30. And I've wanted to wake up early for a long time, you know, but I never really had the motivation. My circadian, I was, wasn't sleeping right. Like, I don't know. It just, it was difficult. It was, it was difficult. It wasn't easy. But something about this fast, this water-only fast that I did for a day, I woke up at 5.30, I started my day, and then literally every day after that, I've been waking up at 5.30 and doing my stuff. And it's been absolutely amazing. Like, I feel, I feel great, you know, so I'm going to definitely incorporate fasting as a regular practice in my life, obviously because I'm writing about it too. I mean, I've fasted before, but not, I've not been as conscious and mindful as I am now about it. But it is a hu- it's been a huge source of gratitude for me, soothed source of appreciation, uh, and health too, and power. You know, you get recharged. It's weird. You know, I had a ton of energy. Even when I was fast, like at first you, know, you get hungry, you go through that wall of suffering and, and uh, wanting to quit. But when you talk yourself out of that, when you get out of that, when you disconnect your emotions, you find that there's a lot of energy there. The body, there's a lot more to energy than food. I'll tell you that. In fact, most of the time, food doesn't provide it. That's a myth, by the way, is, is that food is your main source of energy. It's not. You have micronutrients. You have breathing. Let's put that number one, breathing. Water. Uh, your alignment, how you're standing up. You know, if you're slouched over and, and your posture's poor or whatever, you're going to, you know, impact your blood flow. And that's going to impact your energy. Blood flow is another one, circulation. If you're laying down and relaxed, you're not going to have that much energy. But if you're jumping up, up and down, get some of that blood pressure increasing, suddenly you're going to find 
a different source of energy. So you have all these different sources of energy that have nothing to do with food. And, uh, you know, we turn to food when we are hungry right away, when we are depressed or sad. That's even worse, right? When you eat from an emotional experience. Uh, you know, so fasting allows you to, to address those things, whatever it is to you, whatever your mind, however it reacts emotionally, however, what are the problems that come up? Because they're the same every single time. Every time you have a problem, whether it's in, you know, doing a fast or with a relationship or in business or at school, whatever, the mind that's chattering and the things it says are usually the same. It's, you'll find it's the same pattern, same type of blaming same type of anger. If, you, if you're a person that responds with anger, you're going to get angry. If you're a person that responds with sadness or depression, you're going to get sad. If you're a person that responds with worry, you're going to get worried. Let's say you fast and usually you're a worrywart at school. You're going to start worrying. Oh my God, am I going to you know, die? Am I going to get dehydrated? Am I going to get this? If you're a person that gets angry when you're, let's say, at school or work and you get angry for all kinds of stuff, when you fast, that anger is going to come up and face you. It's going to, you're going to get angry at you know, everything, people around you, like you're going to get hangry, right? So it's the same pattern. And fasting is a conscious choice to bring that pattern up and deal with it and develop the important skills of patience and process and appreciation. You know, that's really what it's about. It's, it's appreciation. You know, having, having that sensitivity because you need sensitivity for a good life. You need sensitivity for gratitude, and gratitude is the key for life. So remember that fasting is the space that we need in between all this progress and achievement and consumption, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. I'm very grateful to live in the wealthiest country in the, in the world. Every time we do you know, the, the Pledge of Allegiance or you know, the, the National Anthem, you know, my, my eyes well up in tears because I love what the United States stands for. Now, I'm not talking about politics here. I'm not talking about any governments that are currently in going on. I'm talking about the idea of the United States. You know, the, the idea of a free country to where you can pursue what you love to pursue. That's beautiful to me. You know, and I think that's amazing. But alongside with that, I think that, you know, it's a human system that we've put in play with all this stuff. And it's gotten to one side to be very extreme. Our values as a society are too much in the direction of consumption. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you as an individual. It's not healthy for your success long-term. And it's not healthy for the planet. So fasting is the gateway to recovering that health, to recovering that gratitude, and to strengthening your mind. So hope you've enjoyed this episode let me know what you think of fasting, you know, and if you do go on a fast, uh, obviously do your research, make sure you're, you know, well equipped to do that. The Prolon is all planned out for you if you want to go looking at it. I think it's like prolonfastingmimickingdiet.com or something like that. You can look it up. Uh, it's spelled P-R-O-L-O-N. Very, very interesting program. Uh, very cool. They they actually come with a nurse advisor too. So if you buy it, then they'll have somebody call you and you can talk to them about any concerns. But it's it's a very interesting process. And if you do, let's say you do, and keep a journal. Keep a journal while you're doing it. Notice what comes up. Because I can guarantee you the same problems that you deal with, they're going to come up when you're fasting. That's what it's for. That's why there's a spiritual component to it. And uh, share what you learn. Share the in the Daily Gratitude Practice Facebook group. You know, share what you find a new appreciation for. Share your lessons. 
and check it out. It's a free group to join. Um, just check it out and, and share what your experience was. I'm really curious to, I'll be in there. I'm in there every day and let us know. You know, it's always an insightful experience to see what others find. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Use the power of fasting. Be patient. Use the power of space. So here's my takeaway for this episode. In our consumption-based modern lifestyle, we run a great danger of becoming desensitized to the very things we want and enjoy because of their ease of availability. For thousands of years, mankind has utilized the power of fasting to place a space between pleasures so that appetite and, more importantly, appreciation can develop. Without fasting, we have no discipline, no sensitivity, and no ability to discover the extraordinary hidden in plain sight. Employ then this powerful tool, whether it's a financial fast, food fast, media fast, or a fast from people on a regular basis to not only rediscover yourself, but to reclaim your desire for what matters most in life. For more episodes and weekly content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.